The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinske. Sue Blue, what's happening with you? Well, I'll tell you what's happening with me. Well, what's not happening with me is that I didn't get the memo Ugh. about Culture Pop sweatshirts. Yes, yes. So I had these made last week, and I think they came out pretty good. If you're on YouTube, you can see them. Uh, the Very logo cool. looks really cool on the on the black. It's really cool. Um, and... Here's the deal, uh, Sue. I had a bunch of T-shirts made. Obviously, you have a hoodie coming for yourself. Great. But I had a bunch of T-shirts made. And uh, I want to find a way to both reward our most loyal podcast listeners and uh, help us get some more listeners as we continue to grow the show. So I actually wrote all this out so I can keep track of it. Uh, by the way, Stephen Root is going to join us. Phenomenal guy. Um, a funny story. I used to, I was his driver when we were making a movie called Monkey Shines in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we'll mention that to him, uh, along with his brand new show, which is called Praise Petey. It's coming to freeform. All right. So here's what I wrote out, Sue. First of all, are you on threads yet? I am not, but I will go on it. Okay. So try to get the same handle. You can follow me on threads okay. at Venice Mace. That's the same for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. You can also join our Culture Pop podcast community on Twitter. Just hit the communities tab on Twitter and search for Culture Pop podcast. We're there talking movies and TV, everything pop culture. And this week, probably doing some Emmys conversation because the Emmy nominations come out this week. Um, and as an experiment, Sue, I have made some Culture Pop t-shirts. And here's how you win one. Uh, go to Apple or go to YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating, hopefully five stars, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, and then we'll randomly select some people to make comments. After you do, email us at a brand new email address, Sue. I've, I've been doing a lot of work here. You have. You, you had some time off. Yes. Brand new email address. It's mace, M-A-S-E and sue at gmail.com. Mace and sue at gmail.com. Okay. That was available. I, I searched for Culture Pop Podcast. Not about Mason Sue was there and available. So, uh, make a comment, leave a review, uh, on either Apple or on YouTube, and you may be the lucky winner of a Culture Pop podcast t-shirt. After you do it, just drop us a note, maceandsue at gmail.com. That is very cool. We have uh, turned it up a notch here at we the are, Culture we, Pop podcast. We are. We're Look, we're, the show's doing great. We got so many hardcore listeners, and we appreciate that. 
we just want to grow it more. And one of the reasons why those podcast uh, comments and reviews are important is that the more reviews and ratings you get, the more your podcast climbs on the rankings and the more they're climbed on the rankings, the more likely people are to see it. So asking for our hardcore listeners help uh, to uh, continue to grow the show. But you're right, Sue, we've upped our game a little bit here. Very cool. I'm very excited. We're, we're going into a whole new, what do, what do you say? We're, we're in a whole new uh, era. It's a whole new era. We're in a whole new era. Whole exactly. new era. Exactly. Okay. You should do the uh, Culture Pop podcast community too. Yes. I, I did it in the very beginning when you first told me about it and I've kind of slacked off, but I saw that you had uh, made some comments recently. So I will get back on it. Yeah, jump in there because Emmy nominations do come out and uh, we'll be able to talk about those. Actually, you know, this is going to be stupid, but uh, I'll just tell you the truth. This podcast uh, will actually come out after the Emmy nominations. So, but, but we will uh, talk about them on the, uh, in the Culture Pop podcast. Well, you know, like they say in baseball, when a pitcher hits, he's helping his cause. There you go. We have to help our cause. Yes, absolutely. So you had a couple of, before we get to Stephen Root, you had something you wanted to get to. Well, I don't know if you read about this or saw it. Um, I, I don't even know. This is, it, it's so insane. Did you see what Dennis Rodman did to his face? Yes. He had, he got a tattoo of the woman he's dating on the side of his cheek. Yes. And apparently it was even bigger than what it is now. And it's his entire cheek. Yeah. And he had to be talked down from not doing it any larger. So he said, uh, so the woman he's dating is Yella Yella. She's, uh, I guess, some rap singer. I I I know Yella Yella. Okay. You know who she is. I'd never heard of her. I have no idea. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yella Yella. I was listening. It's in my playlist. It's in my workout playlist right now. Yella Yella. Uh, you know, it's like Boutros, Boutros. It's yella, yella. <laughs> exactly. So um, so <laughs> the reporter asked him, uh, I think it was TMZ, asked him, you know, you know, how did you come up with this? He's, I, you know, I just like woke up. I was just, you know, I just thought that this would be a good idea. I just thought about it yesterday. And it's like, who wakes up one morning and says, I'm going to get a tattoo? I mean, this isn't like an impulse Uh, And and there are impulse tattoos, like I guess, you know, sailors used to get mother tattooed on their their bicep or whatever it was on their arm. I get that. But to get your girlfriend's face tattooed on your face is completely insane. And what does what does some what does a partner have to do for you to like break up with them? First of all, right? You know, I mean, how insane is this? Right. And Imagine you, that conversation. Okay, uh, Dennis. Look, I I think we're we're growing apart. Yeah, but I got this tattoo. I just got the tattoo. I did it for you. <laughs> so he was saying that he he did it because he loves her and and he's in it, you know, for life or whatever. And then when you think he's in it for life, and look, I don't want to judge the guy, you know, for his past relationships, but. Yep. Um, going back to uh, his first marriage, he was married for 82 days. Okay. 82 days. 82 right. days. Um, then he was married to uh, Carmen Electra. Sure. Electra, and that marriage was annulled nine days later. Nine days? <laughs> yes. He dated Madonna for a couple of months. And then he was married to some woman, Michelle Moyer. Uh, he married her in, in 2003. And then he filed, they, I don't know who filed for divorce, but divorce was finaled in 2004. 
So um, maybe not a great candidate to put a tattoo, tattoo of, of a woman that you're dating or married to on your face. Probably maybe. not. It's and and I look at it as like um, you know, it's kind of like the Sports Illustrated curse. You know, yes. You don't put the team that you think is going to win uh, on the cover of the magazine. Yes. Yes. So this is, it's a jinx. So this is, you know, maybe uh, is, is going to be a harsh lesson to be learned because at some point and sooner than later, he is not going to be with this woman. And yep. if he thought it hurt to get a tattoo on oh. his face, it's going to be brutal yeah. getting that off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, getting him removed is supposedly way more painful than actually getting it. And then, and by the if, way, getting it on your face. On your now, face. Have it's you, so sensitive. Do you have any tattoos? I have two. Yeah, I have one. And I mean, it hurt like hell. I was like, I, and I, and they all say it's going to be way worse if you ever have to have a tattoo removed. I'm, this one is fine. Uh, but if you had a tattoo you want to get removed, it hurts like hell. And, 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 you know, he's going to have to have some downtime after they split up because you can't go out and start to try to date somebody else with another woman's yeah. face on your face. I feel like you're always thinking about your ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Or like, you know, he he goes, to, you know, he dates somebody. They sleep together. She wakes up in the morning. It's like, ah, <laughs> she sees someone's face on his face. So, uh. Yeah, just a, a just crazy. I I just don't I just don't get people. See, I love tattoos when they mean something. Like mine means something to me. It's Ganesh. It's the remover of obstacles. Um, loyal and faithful. It means something to me, right? Uh, Greg Bergman, who's my producer on Mason in Ireland, has a big microphone on his forearm with Vin Scully's name, which I think is super cool and timeless. And mm -hmm. what are now? What are, is there meaning behind your tattoos? Not at all. Not at all? <laughs> Not really. Um, I got one when I was like 20, and uh, it was a bird that I got on my shoulder. Yeah. And then just I got another bird. Just a random bird. I went into the tattoo parlor, saw a bird, and said, I want that bird. <laughs> and, um, and then I got a blue rose um, kind of uh, like, right, like right below my belly. Okay. And, and and was there a meaning for that, or just not like, at all? I just didn't want. I Tom want. Tom likes I blue roses, so when no, he's down there, no, it's way way before oh, Tom. Okay. This was I was probably in my I don't know mid twenties when I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your tattoos are meaningless. They're pretty meaningless. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Remember, you I know, designed my tattoo. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was like, so you walked in and said, "I'll take that flower and arrows." Basically, I just wanted to get. I wanted to get a tattoo, and I want I, the reason why I got a second tattoo because my first one didn't heal properly, and I was wasn't told how to maintain it. Because oh. what happens is, you know, it scabs and you have to put some like uh, ointment on it to keep it from cracking. Yeah, and, yeah. and once it cracks, the color comes out. Uh, and that's what happened with mine. So you, so had, I, you had a bum tattoo. So I have a you bum tattoo a that I, I can't stand. And then and and it's you know it's there. I'm 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 never gonna get it taken off. You know. No, never. And, and what's a drag about it is that like if I wear a dress and it has like you know spaghetti straps, you'll see the tattoo. Oh which, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. it's kind of. I'll have uh, to look for your bum tattoo when you see Sue. <laughs> say hey Sue, can I see your bum tattoo? <laughs> and then the other one that I like, you only see if I'm like you know. Tom only sees it. Tom sees it. Yeah. yeah or if exactly. I yeah you know, if I wear a bikini, which I haven't worn in years. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, there's your tattoo talk and uh, good luck to Dennis Rodman. Jesus. So uh, our guest today has appeared in films like Jay Edgar, Trumbo, Get Out, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Bombshell. On TV, he has starred on shows like Veep and Succession and Boardwalk Empire and 24 and News Radio and on and on. He's also an Emmy nominee for his work on HBO's Barry. His latest project is the animated series Praise Petey. It premieres July 21st on Freeform. Stephen Root joins us. Stephen, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks. So let's lay this story out a little bit for uh, for Praise Petey. Annie Murphy, who I love from Schitt's Creek, is Petey, who's a New York City it girl, and I'm using air quotes on that, uh, who inherits her late father's cult. It's called New Utopia. She <laughs> takes, takes over. You're her dad, her, her late father. What's yeah. this cult all about? Well, uh, uh, her dad has made this into kind of a very, everybody is dependent on this one guy, me. Uh, at this point, he has passed. He, he gives his teachings through uh, old videotapes. Uh, fortunately, uh, his daughter, Petey, who is taking over this cult town, is, <laughs> is getting the people to get away from a cult and get into themselves and trying to make make them better people and i think that's that's the long form of the series that uh you don't have to be in a cult you can actually be a human being by yourself and make some decisions so um uh even though i don't get to interact with the the main cast because i'm doing my my thing from from a videotape from the past it's still <laughs> it's still really fun to 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 be with these people and see how it's going to go you know, it, it's so I, what I love about animation is that and especially in this, it's like a mad it's like reading Mad Magazine. Yeah, that's good. Good simile. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you have to catch things, you know, like uh, wedding objection speeches and, uh, you know, you see a marquee of uh, Dear Evan Peters and, and pharmacy barrel. And- All the interstitial things in this script are really funny. Uh, and you've got the actors, fortunately, able to do it because uh, these are all tremendous actors uh, and great voice actors as well, uh, mixed in with tremendous uh, on-camera actors. And and as I do in everything now, it's is the script good? Are the people good? Oh yeah, I'd like to do that, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is really subversive stuff, which which <laughs> I love when. When you get together and start a project like this, obviously, uh, voiceover, animation, is is there ever a table read? Like, are you guys ever in the same room together when Never you're in the shooting same this? Room, but what was important about this, and we did a table read for almost every script in this 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 new show, which I think is important, is that way the actors can can meet each other, even if it's Zoom, and see if they can time off each other, how how they can bounce. Uh, cause if you're not in the same room, at least you can, you can, you can feel the actor's, uh, presence. And, and we did a table read for almost all of these shows and it helped tremendously. I think the writers as well to hear it. So what, as, as far as the process, like, so you're, are you in a booth by yourself reading your lines? Uh, no, you'll, you'll have either a producer or a director read with you so that mm-hmm. you have somebody to bounce off of, but yes, you're doing it. Uh, singly in your own booth, which is why I'm hoping as as we get farther away from 
COVID that we can put two or three people in there like we used to do in King of the Hill. We did a, you know, old time radio in a circle record. And I'm hoping that that can happen again, because I think that's the best way to do it. That way you can really bounce off and and time stuff uh, with your fellow actors. So I just jotted down random lines because uh, they were so funny. I mean, the Alan Tudyk bit, uh, just... He's like a boy. Judy Greer is such <laughs> a funny line. Oh, uh, oh fashionable city women who mess with people's money always get shamed via podcast. I mean, this uh, stuff uh, is uh, so funny. It's the best. It's the best. And the fact that Alan did it, that Alan said, come, uh, come in and do one episode. Um, he's a buddy of mine. And, and I implored him to do it. I was so happy that he did it. Um, and, and great, you know, guest stars like that or Eve Plum or, you know, uh, Chris, uh, Christina. Yeah, it's fantastic. So good. Um, I love how you, uh, how you make fun of, uh, you know, existing shows like the, uh, five elders, one house, elder house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was something else. What was it? Oh, this is a great line. Um, yeah. a friend is just a stepmom your dad hasn't met yet. <laughs> I mean, just, it had to have been the most, oh, the, the funnest writer's room ever. Cause I've been in uh, writer's rooms. Sure. Um, and, and as an actor, I wanted to ask you, have you ever gone in writer's rooms? Like when you would do a news radio, did you go into the writer's room ever? We do. We, we, we did at that time. Cause it was a really, I mean, that was unusual at the time because usually they're completely separated and say what we say and, and shut up. Uh, but we had a very collaborative effort on that show. And we had, we were very collaborative on Barry as well. Bill was happy to, uh, say, uh, I don't like this. What do you want to say? <laughs> Which right. is wonderful, you know, uh, in, in a collaborative sense, it, cause you, it doesn't on, happen on every show. Uh, yes. So I did get to go into the writer's room a couple of times. We did it more on stage during Barry, just, just, uh, on the fly. But it's always great to be able to uh, throw in something. Yeah. You you mentioned uh, Barry. And uh, Barry has finished its run with a spectacular final season. I, I want to ask about the arc of the series. It starts out as black comedy. Hitman wants to be an actor. But by the end, it's like Vince Gilligan kind of dark. Did you anticipate that that was where the series might wind up? Well, I, talking to Bill throughout the middle of the, in, um, say, uh, off season of one and two, you knew that probably by season three, it was going to get darker just because you're, you're talking about a guy with PTSD and he's probably without help. He's, he's not, he's going to get worse. He's going to get worse and worse. And that's why I think the show ended correctly on someone who was just not going to make it. Um, so that was great reality to me. I'm, I'm glad they went in that direction. By the end of the show, people were playing characters that were not the same characters that they started, uh, the show with, which is a blessing for a character actor to play. I want to ask you about being a character actor real quick. And I want to get back to Barry too. You know, there are some character actors um, who think that the term character actor kind of diminishes what they do. I think you are one of the all-time greatest character actors. What what do you feel about that label? Uh, I, I, I'm very proud of that label. Um, I've always um, 
if I had to label myself as a, an actor, I'd label myself as a character actor because the guys that I, uh, you know, loved when I was, uh, even before I knew I wanted to be an actor, were all the uh, character actors in the 30s and 40s who would populate these great films. And they wouldn't have been great films without the supporting cast. Um, so I, I've always, ever since the very beginning, was very happy to be a character actor and hoped that I could live up to, you know, some, some of the things that they did. So I've, I've always loved it. I kind of, I kind of look at a character actor as someone who's, uh, you know, you're not, you're not the lead, but you're, you're on the bench or maybe the sixth man or, or you're, or you're, a, you know, a D, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're the guy yeah. that comes in and, and, yeah. uh, and drives runners in basically. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I look at. That's uh, how I see pinch, it. Yeah. Pinch hitter. That's a good way to do it. Um, Cause you're expected to come in and hit, hit the ball, whether it's a home run or, or, or just a, you know, a hit. Um, and that's your job uh, is to be, is, is to be vibrant and alive and make something, make something happen and whatever you're going to do it in, whether it's a movie or TV show. Um, and, and if you get to do it long form when you're an actual regular on a show, that's, that's just lanyap, you know, it's great. So you all remember this. It's you've okay. been on a thousand <laughs> movie sets over the years, uh, but you made a movie called Monkey Shines in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in first 1987. Movie. First movie. That was your first movie. Okay. First and movie. I was your driver. Um, oh yeah. I was your driver. I drove you around Pittsburgh uh, 36 years ago. And I wanted to let you know, you were a good guy back then. I'm, I know you're a good guy now, but but you treated everybody really well on that set. So that was your first movie. That was kind of a big break, right? It was a big break because I had done commercials in New York and I'd done industrials. And it's not like I hadn't been on film, but that was the first uh, quote movie that I did. I did that one and Crocodile Dundee, I think, were right to Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. Uh, right in a row. Uh, and that really started off casting directors in New York, seeing, seeing who I was. So I was thrilled to get that movie. Absolutely. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the auditioning process, which is something I'm sure you don't do anymore, but, um, <laughs> I used to be very good. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it, well, well, you've proved that you've proved that, um, you know, the competition for actors is so fierce and you have to do something that separates you from the pack. You know, Robin Williams, you know, when Gary Marshall, when he was auditioning for Happy Days, Gary Marshall said, take a seat. And Robin Williams, he sat on his head, you know, <laughs> and yeah. he got the role, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I read that when you auditioned for the Cone Brothers, and I believe you did a actually audition for them. I did, the first time, yeah. Uh, in, in Oh Brother, uh, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. um, you, you said that you did something risky to get the role what did you do um i i uh, <laughs> i think i scared him a little is what it what i did uh i i had a very specific uh idea of what this guy should be um because i'd seen him throughout the south i'm a southern boy and and i i'd seen him throughout the south so i thought i'd do something very specific they came in we we were this close to each other at a table and they said, do you, do you have any questions? I said, no, I, th I think it's pretty much there on the page. Um, uh, so I, I took off my glasses and I went, 
and I started, <laughs> started like that, and because he was blind, and and I and I, but uh, the reaction of them me doing that was, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got, I got their attention that way. Hopefully, uh, they they liked what I did as well, which I think they did. Yeah, but, seems like they yeah, did. It was a good. It was a good way to just go. I'm in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, last thing for you, circle back to uh, praise, Petey. You've worked with. Uh, you've you've done a lot of animation. You did Robot Chicken. Uh, you've done. I'm trying to think. King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Uh, yeah. What What makes animation special what makes it fun for you what's different about it from the acting that you generally do well you get like theater it's kind of replaced theater for me because uh, you can do all you can do from a monk to an astronaut to a to whatever um and and you can do that sometimes on stage because you're doing different makeup and you're doing something much bigger than you do on film uh, so it's kind of like a replacement for theater for me. You get to do many, many different things. Well, even on King of the Hill, I would do two regular voices and maybe two or three ancillary voices in almost every episode. So you, it's a chance to do more and, and do more characters uh, for me. And 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 the fact that I've been lucky enough to pick some good writing within within the animation world is just phenomenal and i've been fortunate to do that so uh so steven this has been great uh the show is called praise pd it premieres on freeform on july the 21st by the way i was a really good solid congenial driver for you back in pittsburgh i'm sure that you were brilliant and i i i thank you from the bottom of my heart for driving me around pittsburgh during my all all right hey thank you steven we really appreciate it man Thank you so much. Nice to see you. There he is, uh, Stephen Root, the guy who I drove all over Pittsburgh and has no recollection of it whatsoever, Sue. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, I shined his shoes at an airport. And he probably would have said, just, oh. Just to, just to stay in the game. I, yeah. I felt very left out. You know what I appreciated was he didn't say, I remember you. Yeah. I'm occasionally in that position on uh, when I'm doing appearances for the station and somebody comes up and said, do you remember me? I gave you that such and such. And uh, back in, uh, you know, when you were at this thing five years ago, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. How you been? Remind me your name. That's my that's my act. That's my yeah. go to. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess you got to do that sometimes. By the way, praise Petey. So damn funny. Oh, God. Hysterical. Um, I, there are a couple of, I mean, I actually just wrote down lines as we were going, <laughs> as I was watching the show, um, Comet Bucks, their credits toward the trip on the Comet that brings us to the other half of the universe where it's nice. Yeah, where it's nice. Where it's nice. I also like, I don't even know who the Alan Tudyk of the Euphoria generation is. Is it Lucas Gage, Beanie Felstein, Evan Peters? Evan Peters is 36. Did you think Evan <laughs> Peters was 36? Did I? Yeah. He looks so much younger than He looks so much younger. Yeah. yeah. But he's been around a while. I mean, he was in, you know, the first version of American Horror Story, which has oh, been around really? for a while. Yeah. I'll I tell mean, you I what, think- I can't watch the, did you watch the show he did with uh, Dahmer? I did. Now, see, I can't watch that stuff. I can't watch something as weird and disturbing as that. What did you get out of watching Dahmer? I watched it because I, I think he's an, an incredible actor. 
Okay. And he was so good at it. I mean, everybody was great. Niecy Nash was amazing. Yeah. Um, I watched it just basically for, for, for the performances. And yeah, it was, it was tough to take. But once I started watching it, I, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like that stuff sitting in my head. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Guys chopping people up, putting them in his freezer. I don't need that. Yeah. Give, well, me, something, give me something happy. I See, I, I love crime stuff. Actually, don't give me something happy because Ted Lasso got on my nerves too. Give me something medium. You know, like, it's funny that you're be, be between happy and disturbing. Okay. That's my range. Okay. By the way, just got out of a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's called Asteroid City. Oh, is that uh, Wes Anderson's in a Wes movie? Wes Anderson. Yep. Mm-hmm. And? Me, and it's terrible. Really? I did not like it one bit. He's wow. become unbelievably self-indulgent. Hmm. And none of the pieces fit together. It's like when he did movies like, I'll go back to Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket, yeah. When he did uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. the stories came together. Uh, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, there, mm-hmm. there were characters, there were stories. This is just like random scenes thrown together. And I need more of a of a through line because uh, I didn't know where he was driving half the time. And honestly, it, it was a very crooked road. So, yeah, I, I did not care for Asteroid City. Okay, so I guess we won't have anybody from that film on the I show. That, yeah, that's right. And joining us right now from Asteroid City. Yeah, I've, I've canceled all potential guests from Asteroid City. That was that was kind of a harsh review for me, right? Yeah, it was very harsh because you, you like... You more often than not like more movies than I do. Correct. I and like, shows. I like movies and I'm always, you know this, I always think about how many people it takes to make a movie and I don't want to just like dismiss it, crap on it, destroy it, you whatever. Just, you just did. But Wes Anderson's going to survive this podcast <laughs> review. <laughs> It's a rare instance when I do this. By the way, to everyone who worked on that film, I say <laughs> congratulations, bravo. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I'll say this. The production design was incredible. Yeah. Well, his movies always are. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful to look at. It just doesn't add up to much. All right. So, yeah. All right. Cross off all guests from, but, oh, I'll say Brian Cranston was fantastic in it, though. I bet everybody was, right? Everybody I mean, it's was a great. great. He, 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 he usually uses a lot of the same people, and then he throws in somebody new. Yeah. You know? Just kind of a mess of a script. That's my view. That's okay. my view. So uh, I huh. guess we'll stop it there. Um, <laughs> I want to remind everybody, uh, don't forget if you're on threads, you can follow me at Venice Mace. Sue is going to be on threads soon enough. Uh, join us in our Culture Pop podcast community on Twitter and leave a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube and then send us an email to let you know, let us know that you did it. And the email address is maceandsue at gmail.com. Sue, it is great to see you as always. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. Mm-hmm.